Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Welcome to this week's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I'm Tosin Richard. It's mid-year of our first year, and as we get ready to introduce you to some more amazing humans, we wanted to share some of our special moments with past guests, as well as tease future episodes. So as we flash back to spring forward, to get into some of these sometimes hilarious rapid-fire segments, very relatable college selection journeys, and honestly, just some very inspiring moments that guests continue to share with us. And when I say us, I know you see me, but we have a not so small anymore and very mighty team that puts all of this together. And they had a hand in selecting some of the amazing content you're about to see. So enjoy. All right, the clock starts 67 seconds after I ask the very first question. Give it to me. Where's your favorite place? You've lived in so many different places. Where's your favorite place to live? Why are the shades on? Where's now, your favorite? Because now it's rapid. It's rapid. So now Go ahead. I just want to get into rapid where, because you're going to see me think you're a smart lady. You're a very smart woman. So I know that you're able to read where I'm going. So right now during rapid, I feel like where am I staying? I don't get to see your eyes. Got it. Where's your favorite place to live? That I've lived before? Yes. Oh, DC, DC Merlin, um, DC. The, the DMV. Let's say DMV. It's the DMV. Yeah, I love this. Lovely, area. lovely. All right. If your time in college was a song, which song would it be? Oh, it gotta be. Fra- I'm gonna take on my glasses for this. Uh, it gotta be. Yo, that's a great question. Come on, mind you, you gotta understand. I, I don't get asked these questions. I'm the one usually doing all the. This is amazing. I'm a. Oh, I'm at. I'm in heaven. Answer the question, Kishon. Oh, the time is moving. Um, Soul Survivor, Akon Jeezy. Soul Interesting. Survivor. Soul Survivor. Yeah, that was my theme song freshman. Okay. Who was your favorite professor in college? Well, of course, of course, you. Did you teach No, I, I didn't teach you. I just want to say yes, but I just want to say you because hopefully you taught me so that it made sense for this. Nah. Uh, I loved, uh, there's too many, yo, in the, in the School of Social Work. I mean, shout out to Professor Green, uh, Green. Dr. Dr. Daniels. Um, I'm forgetting some people, but trust me, I love everything. Social work, the whole social work school, school of social work. The entire school of social work. The entire school of social work. I will give that to them. The entire school of social workers literally heal the world. So the entire school of social work. What's the best meal you had in college? Oh, shoot. Is it canteen something in the canteen or? or, Why are you asking? You should know. Butter crunch, butter crunch cookies. Butter crunch cookies. That was, that was. That was a good snack all the time. Late coming from the spots, the late late night. Yeah. Oh no! As a matter of fact, can I change it? My my best meal. Shout out to Stokos. Stokos York Stokos. Road. Stokos. I'm going with Stokos. I'm going with Stokos. Stoke. Do you know? You will believe this because you know me. But one day in class, when my students were talking about being hungry. And they said that they were going to Stokos. And I said, what is that? I got roasted like nobody's but business. You don't remember it even then? 06, 07, 08-ish? Like- 
You remember Sonny's? Do you remember Sonny's in Northwood? The wings and the Sonny's sort right across? Next question. <laughs> nah, but just to give some give some context towards those two places I just said. Yes, Stokos, absolutely. Like, whoever's listening and watching, Stokos, yes. the reason why I went to those as, as a highlight spot that were great meals, because they 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 were our Morgan State, they were our like after our we coming from the club or something. They were our two a.m. chicken tenders and fries. Got us seven dollars five. It was cost affordable mm. and it and it did what it was supposed to do. So we wasn't mad at it. So those I, these I are would our find two- that out in the roasting session that I got in <laughs> class that day. I would find that out. So okay, I'm, I'm right. grateful to that moment. I'm not right. a big chicken eater either, so Understood. maybe that's why I Understood. did not know. But Understood. I would I, I got roasted badly. But I know what Stokos is and I know what Good. Sunny's is now. Good. Good. Yeah, you you ate up all of the time. That was easily like two minutes, not even sixty seven seconds. Oh, but I appreciate you. Was, I appreciate it was you. Rapid-ish. It was rapid. Rapid ish. Rapid ish. Okay. I absolutely love you. Let's go. Let's, go. Let's do Let's this. Go. Let's do this. You're at your undergraduate college graduation. Who do you want as your commencement speaker? Hmm. Okay. I would say Issa Rae. Issa Because she brings the energy and she gives me that like black girl empowerment. And she's like, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. So it's like, I need that energy, especially in the times of now. Anaya, when's your graduation? May 10th, 2024, I'm on Nana's birthday. She actually knows the day. I love it. Issa Eight days. <laughs> If Issa Rae hears this, Issa Rae, Anaya Chambers wants you as her commencement speaker, Kentucky State University, May 10th, 2024. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I've heard her live. She is amazing. So I hope she hears this. Okay, next question. What's the best meal at your HBCU? okay we're gonna just leave it at that she said the calf be nasty so we're going to leave it at that we're going to leave it at that shout out your favorite professor my does it have to be a professor it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't shout out to miss dunn she is the director of student support services and my sorrow but that's my home girl I love Miss Dunn, and I gotta give it to Kamia Hervey. She's over campus life. They're my homegirls. That's I beautiful. That's thanks so to bad. you. When y'all see this, just know nine shot it all out. I love it. Um, thanks to you, I'm going to now start branching out from just asking about the favorite professor. I'm just going to ask for your favorite um, administrator or professor on, on, on your campus. I love it. I ate up your 67 seconds, so I'm going to take the liberty of asking you one more question on the list. Describe yourself in three words, and you cannot use the three words that you shared with me just before we hit play. Go ahead. I am in Ambitious, blunt, confident. Ambitious, Ambitious, blunt, blunt, confident. And that Mm -hmm. ends the 67 plus, 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 plus seconds. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Okay. I think, I think I'm ready. You're ready. You're ready. You're you. You're ready. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Time on the clock. Describe okay. your HBCU experience in one word. Ooh, absolutely. Best time of my life. You said one word. <laughs> Phenomenal. It's okay. Phenomenal. 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 Okay. If your time in college was a song, what would that song be? Make it last forever. Make it. Your answers. I love your answers. Oh, my Lord. If you remember, what was your best meal in college? Best meal? Oh. Los Compadres. Los Compadres. Los Compadres is a restaurant on Pensacola in Tallahassee. I don't even know if it's still there, but I knew when I went there, I had a little bit of extra money and me and my roommate were going to turn up. I hear you. I hear you. With the Mexican okay. food and okay. the toilet. Go ahead. <laughs> I love it. So shout out your favorite professor or administrator or staff person at FAMU. Now, Dr. Mary Simmons, she was just Miss Simmons at the time, but now she is the dean of my school of Ally Health Sciences. She was just her heart, everything about her heart. Dr. Simmons, hands down. I love it. I love it. That that wraps up. That wraps up the rapid fire. But I always like to ask one more question just for the fun of it. On a scale of one through 10, how good of a student were you? Eight. Eight. I love that's good. She, you, she, if anyone who's watching, she averted her eyes to the to the side for a hot second as if she was going to give us a lower number. Eight is a nice, solid number. That's a strong student. I couldn't do 10 because Lord knows 10 means you had perfect attendance, all A's. You know, that's a 10. Uh, eight is I had the heart, but it, I actually had to find my footing changed my major a couple mm. times, had a few mm. bumps in the road. Mm. You know, I thought my, my mother was going to pass away. You know, I went home for a semester um, when I thought, you know, she was passing away from three aneurysms out of nowhere in her head. Um, and then right when I was exiting, my grandmother and my brother passed away two days apart in February of my last semester, which had me to add a summer. And I ended up walking in the summer because there was just a class that I could not keep up with. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to be present. And when I missed two and a half weeks of school for their passings and the funerals and just trying to get my mind where I had a professor that actually was going to drop me from the program because I had death. Like, sir, what are you doing? He had other motive too. But yeah. And yeah. You, hey, you want to be real? Let's talk about it. But no, I, I, I literally can tell you that my time there really made me. Mm, mm. Family made me and I love my school. I wouldn't, I, I mean, if you, you know, I love all HBCUs, but you know, fam, you. Let's do it. Describe your HBCU experience in one word. Ooh, um, gee. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> First word that came to mind was exhilarating. I don't know why. Exhilarating? Yes. Exhilarating. I'll take it. If your time in college was a song, what would that song be? Um, <laughs> uh, life, 
um, Lifestyle by, I think it's uh, Rich Gang, Rich Homie Quan and Young Thug. Lifestyle by Rich Homie Quan. Quan. <laughs> you can tell I don't know it, right? Yes, it's, it's a great song, though. You should, should, uh, you should. Of course, I'm going to listen to it after this now. Um, if you remember, what was your best meal in college? Um, best meal in college was probably Chicken Wednesday. Chicken never- Wednesdays. Okay, we get that a lot. So you're in good company. Um, shout out your favorite professor or person at NCCU, if you remember. Um, yeah, I think my favorite person at NCCU um, will probably have to be Miss Kia Bell. Okay. Um, yeah, Miss Kia Bell worked in the PR office. I know this is rapid fire. I'm so sorry. Uh, no worries. No worries. Public relations office, and I was interning for her, and we're like still really good friends. Um, and, and, and she looks out for me all the time. You're right. It was rapid fire. And the, I just got the ding that the timer's up. But I always take the liberty to ask one more question. So I'm going to ask you one more question. On a scale of one through 10, how good of a student were you? Um, I'd say 10. I was a really good student. Yeah. Describe your HBCU experience in one word. Colac. Colette. Love and charity. I love her. She she created her own word. Yeah, that's 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 literally our thing. That is, and that's what it is. That's what my HBCU experience was all about. Colac, Colac, love it. Okay, if your time in college was a song, what song would it be? That's just how we roll. How we roll. <laughs> I love you. You know what it is. You know what it is. I love you. I love you. If you remember, in undergrad, if you remember, what was your best meal in college? Well, I'm sorry? If you remember, what was your best meal? Your best meal in college? Oh, my goodness. So let's talk about one-ish way and during homecoming. My one meal would be getting that hot, fried, fresh food. Fish straight out the grease during those homecoming holidays when you have all your it. vendors set up. Not sure of the name, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. That okay. hot, fresh, fried fish <laughs> that you hot, get. Hot, fresh, the, fried the, fish. Yes. yes. Nice. Okay, yes. I've been told that my time is up, but I'm going to take the liberty of asking you one more question. One more. You are an educator, so I have to shout out your favorite professor and what did they teach? Yes, shout out to Dr. Patty Ball Thomas. And you you know what? She taught me, uh, she taught me life, how to do life. Yes, she gave me those educator tips and she, the the practicum and helping me with all that good stuff that we do and learn as teachers in our program. But she taught me just about general life. And, you know, a lot of those practices, best practices that I, you know, do in my classroom, my students. I have to give a major shout out to her and just understanding cultivating relationships with students because that's who she was known for and cultivating relationships. And I still have a relationship with her to this day. And that's important in the classroom. The first thing is cultivating relationships with students. And Dr. Patty Baltimore has taught me that. I love it. 
Kayleen, especially as somebody who is not an African-American, do you mind telling us your story of how you ended up selecting your HBCU, Coppin State University, in the first place? How, how did, tell us the story. How did you get there? Yeah, so I actually was going to go to Mount St. Mary's, which is a university, it's a Catholic school, um, when I was going to graduate. But then I went straight into the basic training and my job training for the military. And then actually my scholarship wasn't going to go through for Mount St. Mary's anymore. So I decided to take a, a gap year and just work um, like on orders for like the reserve, just to, like work full time as a soldier or just get a new job as I was brainstorming where I wanted to go. And then I found Coffin State through a friend. Um, we went to similar high schools and we did our nursing assistant program together. And she went to school for nursing at that time. And she would post about Coffin all the time. And at my high school, we never really heard about Coffin or like many HBCUs. Um, it was a predominantly white high school, so I only heard about like UMD, Towson, like all the big, big schools. Never like a place where I could like really be accepted for who I am. Especially there was a lot of racism at my high school. So when I my when I saw a cop on my friend's page, I went to three of their orientations to make sure that's where I wanted to go. And every time. I felt like home, especially when I met their Mr. and Ms. Coppin at the time, um, James and Mia. James is one of my really good friends, and I told I tell him that every time. Every time I see you, I remember why I came to Coppin State. How did you end up at UNC Chapel Hill mm -hmm. instead of Morehouse or Howard? Um, so there are many factors that I, I had in my decision-making process. Number one was money. My, we had, I had a list of 17, 18 schools. And the first factor was I'm only applying to schools with full rides and I'm only going where I get full rides. Ended up getting full rides to everywhere that I applied to. Um, I, I got in everywhere, everywhere that I applied to besides Princeton because they don't have merit. And then besides um, Morehouse. Um, and, and I mentioned that because um, at Morehouse, there was a problem in the back end with even getting my application. It took two or three tries to get it in. So it was, for me, it was already a struggle to begin with to even get in the application. Howard, I got a scholarship in the portal, but I could never ac access my portal. So immediately, without even looking at the schools and considering them as valid options, there were already barriers on their end that not only prevented me from 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 them reaching the the first hurdle, but then my interest was already kind of wet down when I didn't even see honestly the level of professionalism that I thought that uh, a lot of the other schools that I applied to exhibited. Hmm. So we lost we lost Olu. So I I I get to hear different reasons um, as to why an HBCU loses a student like you from enrolling at their institution. And for you, we lost you. I hate to say legitimately, but I'm going to say legitimately so, because of our lack of professionalism. And that's shocking to me that you would get a scholarship to Howard University and you wouldn't even be able to access. Is that, is that what you just described? You couldn't yes, even access. I tried. I tried multiple times. I tried the portal and they were, they were giving me problems and, and I'd done it 10 other, 10, 12 other locations. So it wasn't like 
I was, I didn't have the, the skills or knowledge to access the portal, but I emailed, wasn't getting replies. Um, so it was kind of off-putting. So Howard University is my um, um, graduate alma mater. So, um, ooh, sorry, we lost a good one because um, the, 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 what I've read upon you and all that I know of you, yeah. you, you're about to do a whole bunch of people proud. You are a Moorhead Kane scholar at UNC Chapel Hill. What, for those who don't know, what is the Moorhead Kane program? The Moorhead Kane program was the first uh, merit scholarship um, created in the United States, and it was modeled after the the Rose Scholarship. I believe the acceptance rate is around three percent um, worldwide, and and we have alumni all over <clears throat> the world doing it in the profession, uh, to say the least, um, and fully funded, uh, academics fully funded summers and have an access up to 9,000 give or take in grant money, uh, as well as long, as long with an incredible alumni network. Why is it Southern university of new Orleans that won your heart for you to attend? At that juncture in my life, I really needed a place that was going to like really cultivate, nurture where I was in my life. Um, at the time, I had my daughter. And so I was a non-traditional student at the time. And so Southern at New Orleans, in New Orleans, Suno is what we Suno, say. Suno, yes. <laughs> that, that, that was the place where they were going to nurture. They were going to make sure that I had what I needed to get through school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tools um uh, the resources the relationships so that's how um i got there so so shira you mentioned being a non-traditional student when you went we actually have a non-traditional student current non-traditional student as a guest that will premiere um, um sometime soon I did not do a good job of asking this question of that person, but I'm glad I remembered now to ask you. Okay. <laughs> um, would you do it any different? And this is what's behind my question. This is what's behind my question. As you know, we are in a day and age where traditionally you graduate, you, you, that's the next step. You, you, I don't even think we think about it. We just go immediately. But, and Chris, our outreach manager, um, shared with the world not too long ago that if she had to do this, um, um, sorry, when she did it, sorry, her going immediately was actually not the best route for her. That she eventually became a non-traditional student and as a non-traditional student, became a better student at the time. So that's what's behind me asking this question because going directly from high school, to college is actually not the answer for everybody. So if you had to do it all over again, when you look back, would you do it any different? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I, I did start college at a very early age and I really wasn't ready. I started at 17 because I was yeah. an early high school graduate. Yeah. And so I entered into college very early. And because I wasn't ready, I started at a traditional college at a traditional university. And because I wasn't ready, I needed to kind of just get my bearings, 
get myself together. <laughs> and um, that's, you know, so, I mean, I knew I was going to earn my degree. I knew mm-hmm. I w- wanted to earn my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I really just was not ready when I first started. It was, yeah. there was just so much out there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, I, I would say I like discipline. And, you know, that's why discipline is so important to be me today and right now. Tell us your college selection journey. How did you decide on Miles College? Okay. Um, so as I've stated, God is always in the midst of my life. And while being here in Nashville, Tennessee, um, we have Tennessee State University. We have Fish University. Those two colleges was the first ones that I really reached out to. And I'm really big on energy and, you know, environment. So when I went to the campus of TSU, uh, I was trying to find my way around. I was asking people, they were brushing me off and it just was not working. So I said, no, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not Mm. the college for me. Mm. So I go to Fish University and I'm trying to find my way around, trying to get um, admissions and stuff in order. It was always some constant chaos in the midst of trying to get into Fisk University as well. Wow. So, um, Dean Parker, which was also my pastor and my mentor. Okay. Um, I was invited to participate in this leadership institute that he had that was going to Miles College. Okay. Um, so, upon going there, we was also there on a spiritual discernment venture as well. So as I'm riding into um, Birmingham, Alabama, on the way to Fairfield, Alabama, I had this notion in my spirit that says, this is where you're going to be. And I got to the campus and it just felt like home. And that was before I even um, applied or or even toured the campus. Um, So once I got there and was participating in the leadership institution, I had met the the, the the dean of student life in chapel at the time was Reverend Larry Baden. And he sat me down and told me, what are you doing right now? And I told him, he said, well, why don't you come on to Miles College? And once you finish, we're going to make sure you go back, be that CEO of that very company. Right. So you know, if I fast forward, I end up getting a tour. Um, I filled out the application. I was admitted right then. And I started. Um, at Miles College as an online student in fall of 2020. And here I am a couple of months away from May 4th graduation. Like we've monopolized everything. Everything has a monetary um, connection to it, unfortunately, you know? So it's like, when I look at some of these shows and I see these trauma experts who are talking on these shows and, you know, are telling people about healing and it's like, yeah, so you unravel all of these people's stuff on TV. You know, unravel all the brokenness and the hurt and the 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 pain connected to their experience. You unravel this for good television. But then what? You just leave broken people. Just you know, just they're just broken for 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 likes and for views and for you know publicity and for you know, being noticed, you know, you get all of that, especially with social media today. I mean, God, we published, we, we just post everything, right? But then what? Give me another lasting impact that Alabama A&M has had on you till today. 
my gosh, I just had this wave of emotion. Um, mm. I don't know that I had mm, the pride. Ooh, if you cry, I'm gonna start crying. Pride of self? Like, I don't know that I was a proud black girl or a proud black woman before I came to LMNM. And I definitely left there as one. Um, yeah. That's impactful. And I'm thankful, forever grateful. That is impactful. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. Not to go that way, uh, Dr. <laughs> but yes. Thank you. Thank you. You you are I know for a fact that every single black woman, black girl at an HBCU, black girl anywhere, because I don't think you have to be an HBCU mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. to listen to what you just said and feel it. And the fact that HBCUs, especially across the country, give that, because we hear that, right? They give you the sense of self, the sense of pride, not just as a woman, but as a Black woman and as a Black person. That's a gift. And I appreciate you for allowing the emotion to take you there. I really do. And so it's not about comparing, but the thing is, you know, we can have pride in our HBCUs, but I think there has to be a, like I said, a level of professionalism for individuals who are working on our HBCU campuses um, that it's not, you know, some people just have an attitude that, you know, oh, this is just Winston-Salem State or, oh, it's just Howard or what have you. I think the pride has to be all around, not just the students, not just the leadership, but every office on those campuses need to operate in with a level of professionalism. That's the difference in what I experienced. And I'm just going to put it out there. I attended Johns Hopkins University. And, and again, I'm not comparing, but I'm just giving an example. Okay, the from the alumni office to the different offices on campus, it's just a difference in the way we move, right? And no, we don't have to be like our PWI colleagues, but I think the level of professionalism should be a norm, regardless of the institution, regardless of where your institution is located. I do believe that. And so we have to hold everyone accountable, everyone. So we can't have HBCU excellence if we are acting HBCU ghetto. No, I'm just telling you, we can't have, we, it shouldn't be both. So the, and I, and this is for the individuals that are working in the offices. And again, I graduated from Winston-Salem State in 1991, so I'm sure there's been a change, right? I, I, I'm sure there has. I'm speaking from my experience. You asked me about my experience. Absolutely. <laughs> Before you leave us, uh, um, Nick, I want you to leave our audience with a parting word or phrase or short phrase on why you specifically love HBCUs. 
Well, I think uh, HBCUs is a symbolic representation of like the importance of education to us individually, but more importantly, collectively. You know, as I sit as city council president, you know, I think the one thing that we don't give HBCUs enough credit for is, you know, they're like probably the biggest variable of increasing um, middle class opportunities for African Americans. Um, you know, the thing about like, you know, myself, you know, I'm 44 years old, first person in my family to go away to college. Um, but what that has done, not only for um, my young daughters, but also for the generations that put me in a position to be able to do so. Uh, and then the family members that are in my family that have gone on to college since. So, um, you know, I'm thankful for my HBCU experience. I wouldn't trade it in for anywhere. Me just being a product of Baltimore City. And I see there's a lot of young men out there on the corner mm. because they because nobody actually cultivated or, or, or pushed them towards, mm -hmm. you know, you could pick up a hammer and you can learn a skill and, and you can be in the building trades and you and you can live a great life in the building trades. But it's just like everybody is in college material. As long as they are, are fine tuning a skill, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you will be successful in life no matter what you're doing. Yeah, Quentin, I can't sit there and be in space and like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, we're going to find us. We're going to find something for you to do um, so you can, you know, have some sort of skill. So I'm a big fan of building trades. Also. I love the way you said you can't just be there in space. You can't be in space. We're going to pull you back down to earth. So thank you. Thank you for listening to and watching this special episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Keep tuning in for all the beautiful guests to come. I'm excited about all of them. We're grateful to each and every listener and viewer who sees the value in what we do and cheers us on the journey. Thank you for subscribing on all the platforms and thank you for liking this episode. Don't forget that you're always part of the conversation. So drop us a line wherever you connect with us and let's continue the conversation. Yours and HBCU love. See you next episode. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.